0: Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want
1: to live at the Blue Hotel. Instead of focusing on an outcome, make your priority to have more fun. And in the spirit of that, welcome to the Blue Hotel podcast. I'm Jeff Woods, your host. The Blue Hotel offers you two distinctly different kinds of episodes, One is the adult bedtime stories, fiction mostly, and I get to host, and they're separate from this, and this would be conversations with special guests. This time we welcome one of those, she's well acquainted with adult clubs like I am. We've both independently spent considerable time at Oasis Aqua Lounge, that's her specialty. It's billed as a sexy social club in downtown Toronto for those 19 plus, that's part of the website information, at which she is a business partner and an event producer. It's well-positioned as the water-themed adult private members spawn lounge, a place where they encourage people to have fun and let loose and embrace their fantasies and embrace their desires in a non-judgmental environment, which is why they have a variety of events that I think you might dig. And so from Oasis Aqua Lounge, the Blue Hotel welcomes Fatima Meshtab. Hello, Fatima.
0: Happy to be here.
1: Thank you. And welcome as a new sponsor, Oasis Aqua Lounge. So, I'd like to know a bit about your history and connection to adult clubs and what you love most about them.
0: Absolutely. So um, I obviously have the most familiarity with Oasis Opera Lounge, like being a co-owner, event producer, PR rep. It's not the only adult club that I've been to. I have been to some in Montreal, and I've been to a few in Las Vegas, actually, as well. What do I love about adult clubs? There's so much to love about them. I always love the crowd. A little bit more than I love vanilla crowds. I find that the crowds at adult clubs, and they all differ. The vibe is always a little bit different from club to club. Their rules are always a little bit different. But I find that the people who attend adult clubs, first of all, tend to be a lot more mature in terms of the way that they view sexuality and pleasure and desire and identity. They tend to be very clean. I think that's contrary to what people may assume about adult clubs if you've never been to one before. And I think that definitely circles back to how we view sexuality in general. But I find that they're usually very clean, or the ones I've been to at least. And I find it's really easy to meet people for play and or otherwise. I mean, I've been to adult clubs and obviously like hooked up with people, but I've also had the opportunity to make so many great friendships. And I find the communities are are really bright, are really positive, are really pleasure-focused. And it kind of, I think, goes back to what you mentioned about the quote of having fun. And I feel like the vibe at these clubs are, are really about that. And, of course, with Oasis Opal Lounge, you know, I have the added level of being able to add great events to our programming, um, to connect with people that help build our community, such as yourself, businesses, sponsors, performers, educators. And so I find there's just so much variety Thank
1: you, Fatima. I think one of the first things you said was uh, vanilla. And I was just talking to somebody this morning. They're they're like, tell me more about the Blue Hotel podcast. I said, well, it's for people who like something other than vanilla. And she said, what do you mean vanilla? And so how would you define vanilla?
0: Okay, yeah. So that's kind of a term. It's easy for me to sort of throw that term out, although I don't necessarily see vanilla as like a negative thing. And I feel like sometimes we use that or it's being used in a negative way to just say, oh, that's boring or that's normal, you know, and I don't really think those things are are boring or normal or negative. Um, I guess how I would see the word vanilla in terms of uh, sex clubs is people that may tend to more towards conventional ways of connecting intimately, um, either with themselves or partners. Perhaps maybe they tend to be more on the strictly monogamous side um, because of maybe that's how they feel comfortable or maybe conditioning, social conditioning, people that may be a little bit held back in terms of expressing their sexuality or expressing their kinks. And maybe it's just where somebody's just at in their head and they really have no desire to explore what's out there. Maybe they're happy with where they are in their sexual lives or their intimate lives and their relationships. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think that there needs to be more out there for people who want to experience more and want to explore. And I think that's great, too. And so I am in vanilla spaces for sure. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people think I live at Oasis Oakville Lounge and I don't. I, I go to other places. I go to restaurants. I go to libraries. I go to places that are, you know, not necessarily pleasure positive. But I like the fact that these places exist. And I think that it's important to have a menu of things that people can explore in a healthy and safe and non-judgmental way.
1: So yeah, vanilla does exist. And it is, as you said, fairly traditional or conventional. And a lot of people are raised to uh, believe uh, that uh, monogamy, being with one person, period, is the way to fly. And it works for a lot of people. And it doesn't work for others. And this is an opportunity to go out and especially, as you mentioned, uh, to, uh, to explore some of your kinks, some of the things you're really into that you may not be able to explore at the hockey arena. (laughs) <laughs> Pateva, years ago, somebody said, why do you go to strip clubs? And I said, well, I prefer them to uh, to sports bars. I don't care about sports. So
0: do I. <laughs> Have
1: a drink and uh, see somebody enjoying themselves, dancing to music and taking their clothes off. Not an awful thing.
0: Not an awful thing at all. I definitely prefer strip clubs to sports clubs.
1: Now, Oasis, when I first went there, you mentioned this as well cleanliness. The thing I love about Oasis and a lot of the clubs I've been to is that there are staff kind of casually walking around, not looking official, but just kind of doing stuff, cleaning, straightening up, helping out, answering questions. And community is the word that most comes to mind in a good club, a good adult club, that people are just kind of cool and, and there to you know help you out and make you feel comfortable. And it is spotless.
0: Good. I'm glad that, that um, that's your impression of it, too. We have such a great staff that work at Oasis Opera Lounge and such great community members. And I, I, yeah, that's another thing. Like, I find that people really go out of their way to make you feel comfortable and make you feel welcome there. And I hear this from new people all the time that when they go, of course, they're nervous for the first time going to a sex club um, and they don't know what to expect. And I'm like, I can't really explain the vibe to Oasis Opera Lounge to you in a way that you'll understand unless you just actually go there. Like I can say it's open, it's friendly, it's clean, but you really kind of have to go to see it because it is pretty unique even compared to other sex clubs. Just the fact that we're open during the day and at night so we can offer, you know, different types of environments, people that go there and a lot of people that I've met in clubs in general are just genuinely interested to talk to you and they don't make you feel like you don't belong. And I feel like there's not that gatekeeping vibe that sometimes I get at other like venues or communities. Like I like going out to dance, so I like going to different underground clubs. But I mean, there's always a little bit of, um, I don't know, So and I don't mind it actually, because sometimes I do like a little gritty, a little grittiness, you know, but um, I find there can be a vibe that's not always welcome or it can be even a little bit predatory. And of course, not everybody that walks in the door at Oasis, Opera Lounge or any club is going to be a total angel. But I think that we do a really good job at weeding out people that are predatory And maintaining a safe environment and i've only really had positive experiences in any any i've been to
1: that's all i've seen there and other places i've never seen any problems people just behave people understand people are so chill and you'd think maybe that because there's alcohol served that that might get crazy but it doesn't ever i've never seen anything
0: it gets crazy in a good way (laughs) <laughs> and,
1: and I, yeah, when I say weird, I mean, I mean bad. I mean, and I'm, when I say bad, I mean not cool. And, and that's going to lead us to some, some things that we call rules and, and rules in a sex club are not made to be broken. They're just, they're just made to make the environment cool. We'll get to that in a bit because I think it's really important. The first thing, you know, I say when people say, what's it like there? The first thing that always comes to mind and the thing I miss the most has nothing to do <laughs> if it, it's wet it has nothing to do with sex. exactly it's that big warm outdoor pool where you can be i mean there's nothing for me there's nothing greater than being naked in the warm water people are kind of talking quietly there's couples there's girls with girls there's guys with girls there's lots of couples it's very coupley isn't it typically
0: i would say fridays and saturdays are probably the most coupley vibe because it's also women and couples exclusive But I would say like Sunday to Thursday um, and even particularly like sort of midweek, like Wednesday to Thursday, we have a lot of solos. Uh, And I I mean, we do have a lot of solo men, but not just solo men. I find um, those days are a little bit more like eclectic in terms of like the people that go. Um, Sundays are also really popular, too. Like Sundays bring out a really great crowd, a really great queer crowd, kink crowd. So, yeah, couple-y certain days of the week. But then other days of the week, there's like a lot of variety in terms of like. The, the people that go and like the the energy there.
1: There really is. I was there last Thursday and uh, I just kind of did my own thing because I hadn't been in a while. I hadn't been since before COVID. I just wanted to go and hang out in the environment, spend a lot of time in the water, both the outdoor pool and the, and the hot tub.
0: It's just, I love how we've renovated it. It's so smooth on the bottom. Uh, I love the colors of it. I'm a big fan of uh, what they did with the hot tub.
1: So when you come in, there's a reception and they're super friendly all the time, wandering, and there's a bar to the left. I got to tell you, the quality of the entertainment on the screen at the end of <laughs> the floor. Uh, I mean, we've all we've all watched porn, good, bad, and otherwise. Mm-hmm. The quality of the porn at Oasis is a great A. I,
0: I just see so much of it all the time. I kind of just forget. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of our own productions, too, because I, I produce porn for the club. And so we try to make sure that we have the content on the monitors in rotation to obviously the other uh, films that we have up there. Because all the porn that I create, it's all amateur porn. We have worked with like a few bigger names, but like typically it's people that visit the club um, that want to create an adult film. So we do like intersperse our own content in there too. And I'm also in the middle of creating um, more marketing videos, kind of just to tell people what's going on in the club. Rules about the smoking patio area, you know, upcoming events. Lots of like kind of like variety on our screens as well. But I'm really glad that you love the porn that we show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. One of the cool things that a lot of people say is a, is a key reason why they love going to clubs or why they love going to n- nude beaches, for example, is uh, watching and being watched voyeurism for many is a powerful and rather enjoyable act. What's your take on, on that?
0: I actually just wrote an article for ASN magazine on why couples love exhibitionism. Voyeurism... It is powerful. And I think it's a really great foray into an adult club, the ability to be able to watch. I think people that are exhibitionists, I mean, you're always going to have exceptions, but I feel that people that are exhibitionists are not necessarily exhibitionists if they go to a club for the first time. I think the ability to be able to watch like opens you up a little bit more and you don't have to do anything. You know, you could just watch something that inspires you. And I feel like that can then lend itself to exhibitionism. I feel that there's more people out there that are into voyeurism than necessarily into exhibitionism. That's just my own personal opinion. Voyeurism doesn't really take a lot of effort, whereas exhibitionism, like you're really putting yourself out there a little bit more. And there's some people that love that and are really excited. And there's some people that are just like, not for me. You know, where's the private room? (laughs) But then I think when you're exposed to something that inspires you and you get the wheels turning, that can really open up something in somebody. So I feel like there's a lot of both at Oasis Aqua Lounge. But I would say like definitely voyeurism is one of the big reasons that people visit because they want to see something that they haven't seen before or watch other people have sex.
1: The thing is though, we should clarify that there aren't private rooms, unlike a Steamworks where, you know, it's it's all in the open, but then there's private rooms.
0: As you know, most of our rooms are open concept. But we do have one private room. It's on the very top of the fourth floor. It looks like all the other rooms that we have in the club in terms of furniture. So we use like leather furniture, very easy to clean, wipe down. So the private room looks exactly like that. It's just like an enclosed space. It's kind of first come, first serve. First come, first serve. <laughs> a little fun. And you can use that for two hours. I and mean, all of your is a deposit.
1: I'll tell you a little secret about one time that I went to Oasis Aqualatch. So I walk in with a friend. It was the first time she and I had uh, spent any real time together outside of the coffee shop, and uh, we see the red room, which mm-hmm, is one. I love that room, and that's in the top floor, right?
0: Mm-hmm, that's the third floor. Yep, yeah. I love
1: that. So that's in the third floor. You go to the top of the stairs, and right in front of you is a, is a room, and the red room, and it's it's red leather, basically bed, uh, and enclosed by four walls and uh, and curtains, not a door, so it's open as such. I went in there with her. And we spent time, and we had a wonderful time. And then we discovered two things on our way out of that room, which made us giggle. Um, one was the sign that said "Do not close curtains," which <laughs>
0: didn't I didn't close the curtains. <laughs>
1: that we we felt silly about, but no one no one was like, "Hey, you can't close the curtains." We just did our thing. And the other thing that we hadn't noticed when we went around the other side of the wall, where that bar is, was the was the little windows that you can see in but can't Double see out of.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and, you know, so so didn't bother us. I find, to your point a minute ago about exhibitionism, which is doing and being watched, and voyeurism, which is watching, that when you're with somebody and you're really in the moment, you don't everything washes away. As I like to put it, you don't even notice anyone around you, unless they start cheering, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just do your thing, and uh, and you don't really care. Like you said, maybe the first time you go, you're not that comfortable and maybe that's something you work up to if, if that's what you're inclined to, to want mm-hmm. to do.
0: Funny thing about the curtains with the red room yeah. is that the reason that we want to keep the curtains open is more so in the evening when it gets a lot busier because that room, even though it looks like enclosed, it's actually quite big. It's as big as one of the big beds in the black and white room. You can, you can fit... Many bodies in that room.
1: Talking about perceptions and misconceptions, as we did, about adult clubs in general, and you sort of, you know, qualify that the weekends are a little more LGBTQ friendly or LGBTQ represented. But during the week is fairly, it can be fairly hetero. Uh, from my experience, Fatima, one of the ways you meet that challenge is to have special nights. Two of the special nights that I want you to talk a bit about are the following. Second is swordplay. And the first is the first Tuesday of every month that, you know, is great for women who enjoy the company of multiple men. Yes. So a couple of different things. Tell us a bit about
0: that. Absolutely. Yeah, so DTF and swordplay are like really different vibes. Um, and actually, I will say too, that any Tuesday programming on our website definitely lends itself to more hardcore play. So things like gangbangs, cocky, we're doing a DP night um, at the end of the month. I'm actually performing at it. So exciting. So DTF is down to fuck. It is for women who enjoy the company of multiple men, women that enjoy gangbangs, multiple partners. I like the DTF vibe a lot. Uh, I actually used to go before the pandemic just to hang out. Um, it brought, when we first started that event and the club had just kind of first opened, it did bring out, the like the ratio of men to women was very in, imbalanced. But slowly and surely, that event was really built up to really hold space for women that enjoy in a safe environment that is non-judgmental. And so I think it started to shift then, and I want to say probably started to happen around 2014-2015, started to become a lot more of a like diverse group of people that would attend DTF, and it just kind of turned into like a really great party. Back in 2019, the lineup used to be so long that it would go all the way like out to Carlton Street to the point where we had actually had to have two DTFs a month. So it's the first Tuesday and third Tuesday. That environment does tend to be a lot more hetero. Fridays and Saturdays, not as much. Sundays, definitely. But the contrast, Play is a night that is for bisexual and bicurious men and their lovers. And it's actually the only event that we offer triad pricing at. So in order to qualify for the triad pricing, you have to arrive together and pay together. And it tends to be more MMF, which is male, male, female, or MFM, male, female, male, depending on whatever configuration the triad is for swordplay. So that event, yeah, welcomes uh, bisexual, bicurious men. However, Oasis always welcomes anybody of any sexual orientation. A lot of adult clubs that don't specifically cater to queer men can be more biphobic, for sure. There just is, it feels like there's this invisibility or could be outright judgment. But with Oasis Aqua Lounge, like that event specifically caters to and encourages bisexual, bicurious men to explore their desires in play. And there's entertainment and icebreakers that really kind of like lent itself to that.
1: Well, it's a great time to get to uh, some of the rules. I loved the way you guys handled this. It was a DTF-9. For women who enjoy the company of multiple men, it was a Tuesday and I took uh, my Red Room friend. And... Uh, and sh- and she was down for anything
0: it was btf
1: so we we were playing and uh and generally i mean consent is everything and we'll get into consent and, and what it really means because it means a lot of things more than just no but uh, because it's busier typically which is why you have yeah. two of those tuesdays now the first and third of each month the dtf nights did you ever watch wkrp in cincinnati yeah les nesman the news dude he didn't have walls around his little area. So here's the idea. On these Tuesdays, uh, when I went the first time, I was I, I giggled to myself thinking of WKRP. Because around each sort of uh, area on which you could fuck or make love, however you want to frame it, there was tape. And the idea was don't, don't cross the tape line and, and join in unless you're invited, very yeah. clearly invited. So there's a lot of men crowded around the tape line watching and yeah. hoping perhaps that uh, maybe they'll get invited in tell me is the tape still a thing
0: yeah the tape is still a thing and I love that also and I have a funny story about DTF actually because I was in the DTF mix once and I was there with like play partner and um, <laughs> well, I was DTF and the, our whole thing was like we had all these men surrounding us like on the bed and my friend would be like and I obviously was consensual because I like agreed to this and like we talked about it but he's just like you know like, if you fuck her, like, I'll buy you a drink. And, like, if you, like, so, like, we would just, like, invite people, like, into, like, our, our circle to, like, do stuff with us. And, like, yeah. And then he would, like, you know, reward guests. <laughs> 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 um, but it was funny. Be- yeah, but I remember, like, but I liked that because I liked the crowd, but I also like the crowd control. Do you know what I mean? Like, they they were they were far enough away that it made me comfortable, but they were, like visible enough that it was exciting
1: and like i said at the top everyone's pretty cool so arguably nobody would cross the invisible line but just because of the quantity of people that uh, it's good that you have that little safeguard in place as yeah. far as uh, incentives uh, that your, your play partner offered to to men um mm-hmm. to be with you I, I can't imagine anyone would need an incentive to-
0: <laughs> i mean it was just yeah. It was just kind of a funny, it was just sort of a funny, uh, like a funny thing that we were doing. And then we'd be like, okay, you, okay, then you, and and you can come in here. And so we were kind of just like picking people to come to our bed area, which was also very empowering. You know, I thought that was also really cool because I felt very in charge. And I think to anybody who was like on looking and would not be familiar with this type of environment, might be like, oh no, you know, like, I hope she's like, okay. But like in that type of environment and because it's so cool and because it's so safe, Like I definitely felt like I was in the driver's seat for sure. So that's why I can like laugh about it and make a joke about it because I never felt out of control at all or unsafe at all.
1: And I've never seen anyone look or or, or seem unsafe. So it, it speaks to a really cool vibe. Let's talk about consent and other do's and don'ts at an adult club. Matters of conduct, starting with consent, the importance of, and I like this expression, active consent, because a yes can at any time become a no. And that no just means no, like, no, like, yeah. don't stop yeah. now. Yeah. And, but there's, there's something else. And then we'll get into the whole thing. I want to know your views on all of this, not only verbal consent, but visual cues too, because sometimes people can't say the words for a variety of reasons. Right. You know, Marley Liss was on this podcast in an earlier episode. I encourage everyone to listen to Marley Liss. She talks about a rape. And she talks about consent and she shines light on consent and all of this stuff in a way that no one can do uh, so effectively. So go back and listen to that. But Fatima, you talk about consent.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. So active consent, I think is really the kind of the only consent, because as you said, like that can change at any time during play. And I think it's really important to be attuned to your partner, the person that you're playing with, to have that communication be open. Yes, it's true that sometimes people can't verbalize. So things like body language or lack of verbalizing, you know, if somebody freezes up and they can't say anything and they're not giving an enthusiastic yes, I think that's a no. If somebody's not enthusiastic with their consent and it's unclear, that it's a no. If it's unclear, it's a no. And so I like to say that not only does no mean no, only emphatic yes means yes. And I think that when people are excited and comfortable, they can absolutely verbalize an emphatic yes or an enthusiastic yes. But if they're uncomfortable, they can't always verbalize no. So I always err on the side of yes, as opposed to nothing or freezing up if the no isn't isn't verbalized itself. That's how I see it. And I think any play partner worth their salt should be checking in, you know. Obviously, that is going to look differently depending on how familiar you are with your partner. I mean, if you just meet somebody at the club, the way that you're gonna communicate sexually or asking, you know, is, is this okay? Or do you like this? Is gonna be different than if you are already familiar with that person. But even if you're already familiar with that person, they can change their mind about their consent at any time. And like, you need to be attuned to that.
1: What about this? I like this too, the ask once, don't ask twice.
0: Oh, I love that rule. That's my favorite
1: It's, rule. it's so good, tell us about
0: it. Yeah, so that's my favorite rule. So yeah, ask once and only once. So. For example, if you're in the club and somebody approaches you and they ask you to play and you say no, they can't approach you again. You know, you could be asked to leave for the day. It could be a banning. It just depends on the conversation that ensues with that. But I love that rule because, and again, this is kind of why I love adult clubs versus like vanilla clubs and Oasis Opalange in particular is because as a woman or like really anybody, you know, like you can be subjected to a lot of like harassment um, again and again and again you know, at a party or a regular bar or something, you know, I've had friends of mine and even myself just like, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone, you know. And at a club like that, like you only have to say that once and you don't have to say it again. So I like that because it sort of takes like the pressure off the person who has to say no. You know, like having to like push away somebody that you're just like not interested in or don't want to engage in again and again and again, like that can get very draining (laughs) and frustrating. So it I like that, you know, this rule sort of protects me from having to do the emotional labor of having to say no so many times and i think that we do a good job and the staff do an ex like the security and everybody does an excellent job of like nipping it in the bud um so that it's not a consistent way of being you know you're just like we're just known for that club that's like not like that because that's just not how people behave there and we like to set an example for people that do behave that way and the example is you can't stay here
1: the opposite of vanilla as we discussed earlier is is largely known as the lifestyle. And it seems to me that people in the lifestyle do have an understanding of all the things we've just discussed around consent, around asking, around not asking again, around just being cool. Uh, the vibe is fantastic. And and I think that, yeah, when you go to a, a club that's not a, an adult club or a bar that's maybe a sports bar or any place that there's a lot of bros hanging out, yeah. There isn't isn't quite that knowledge, that understanding, that respect, that uh, sensibility to all of these things. And that's another reason why going to places like Oasis is just so enjoyable and freeing and cool Mm -hmm. and chill. And and unlike all the places we've ever been, where things do go down that are untoward people, where things do go down that are, are not sensitive to people's yeses and nos. so. Congratulations for having a good environment.
0: I also think that it's really important, though, to provide a little bit of education because people that aren't familiar with, like, AKA the lifestyle and all the things that go along with that, I think they still still have the ability to learn if they want to. And so I never want to villainize somebody coming into the club that is just nervous and doesn't understand. And I think there's a big difference between somebody who just like, whoops, I didn't know or I'm nervous. And like, yes, we have a pretty, very extensive like waiver list of our waiver, like our list of rules. Um, There's certain things that you're just not going to forget. But of course, you know, there might be uh, small things where people might be just nervous and maybe they look creepy because they just don't know what to do with themselves, you know, and I think that there needs to be some to educate and to meet people where they're at and to welcome this environment and give them the tools and the knowledge in order to be able to like be comfortable and move properly through that space.
1: Well, let's role play a little bit then. To your point okay. about it, well, yeah, <laughs> you be a character, I be a character, and and we'll pretend there's another character. There's three of us. Who's doing what, and and how does? Just lead me through it.
0: Okay, so um, okay, so there could be like the third person that's individual, and maybe that's like your play partner. Okay, so I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be like a solo person walking through the club, and I and I see you guys playing, and I want to be there or join in or something like that. Um. Okay. So, should I do the wrong way first?
1: Yeah. Do the wrong way. The okay. We're doing our thing, and then you approach us.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're in the dungeon. Okay. Yeah, let's say the dungeon. You're in the dungeon, and maybe it's like a little bit of a king scene too, right? So like you're playing, and maybe somebody's there's impact play or something, right? So so I just walk in. Hey guys, what are you up to? What are you doing? Oh, that looks really cool. Hey, can I watch you guys? I'm just gonna sit beside you. Can I watch you? Yeah. No. No. You should do that to her. No. 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 I would do it like this.
1: So the annoying person.
0: Annoying, asking to watch, like, in a way that's interrupting. You never want to interrupt a scene in the dungeon either, too, if you're coming into the dungeon. Well, any place in the club, but, like, a dungeon, like, you don't want to be loud interrupting the scene.
1: And Fatima, you don't have to ask to watch because it's an open room.
0: So that's an interesting thing because there's a little bit of debate among us about the ask to watch because you have to ask for everything else, right? You need to obtain consent. But the watching thing is tricky because, yes, things are happening around you. You don't have to go up to, way the, to the private room to see sex happening. So I guess the way that I describe it to people is you don't have to ask to watch if you're like five feet away or six feet. I think we're all familiar with the six foot rule at this point. As long as you are, you know, maintaining enough personal space and you're not interrupting, you know, you're not like calling out instructions or, you know, bothering people, right? If you want to join in, obviously you need to ask. And if you want to maybe... Maybe they're in a more enclosed space, like maybe they're in the red room. So, you know, you can watch from the stairs if the curtains are open, like you can see what you need to see and you don't need to ask or bother anybody. But I think if you want to come into that room, you, you need to be invited, you need to ask. And I think that there's like little nuances where you do need to ask, but it's not so much about the watching, it's more about the proximity of closeness. Does that make sense?
1: It makes total sense. You're not over their shoulder. You're 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 several feet away and, and you're watching. You're not gawking. You're not leering. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. not part of the scene in any way. You're the voyeur really.
0: And like nothing that you're doing is taking away from their moment. You know what I mean? Like you're not interrupting their moment. You're just watching.
1: So to do it properly, what are the words you would use?
0: Okay. So oh, it's hard to do that scenario like in a podcast because I feel like people won't be able to see my facial expressions. Can I just like, can I just talk it through? Okay. So I see you and your partner playing in the dungeon. Um, I watch from the doorway quietly. And then maybe somebody makes eye contact with me and I kind of maybe give a little wave and maybe I'll just kind of like point to myself and point to you like, could I watch? Do you mind if I come in here? You know what I mean? And then maybe I'll just sit quietly on like a piece of furniture in the room and watch. If I want to masturbate, As long as I am further away, you know, and not interrupt, like not in the scene with you guys, um, that's allowed. It's a lot of body language too. Like eye contact is a big one to watch out for. Um, You can sort of motion with your hands so that you don't have to talk loudly. can be tricky to really break it down for somebody who has no idea how to act in that space. And I think the easiest way to kind of do it is in person. Like again, just don't interrupt somebody's moment that you have not already been a part of. Like, that's the key thing. Mind your personal space. And mind the, mind the noise, too. You know, don't have loud conversations in places like the play areas. I mean, in fact, we have, like, signs about that, too. We also have signs about masturbation. We have a pretty lengthy, wordy sign. <laughs> Tell me more. It came to light, like, when the club was getting more and more popular and more well-known, and there's sites that would be really busy, Um, people would be masturbating, mostly mostly people with penises, kind of throughout, like, the hallway, um... They might be standing sort of right right by the entrance and to get to the hot tubs, you kind of like have to walk by them as they're masturbating, like you really don't have a choice, Um, things like that. So we wanted to come up with some sort of signage to express that you are allowed to enjoy yourself. You know, you're allowed to self-pleasure at the club, but there needs to be a way where it's not disrupting other people. Um, So things like, okay, well, we offer like naked yoga in the club, Um, inside the club. Mondays and Wednesdays and online on Fridays. So, you know, if you go to naked yoga, don't stand in the doorway and masturbate. That's going to make people uncomfortable in the naked yoga class. It's not a sexual class. It's just yoga. Um, So that's just not an appropriate place to masturbate. It's not necessarily appropriate to masturbate. For example, if um, we have an educator on stage and I'm not talking like a spectator sex. I'm not talking about like a live sex show. I'm talking about like, uh, let's learn about floggers, you know, Um, and then somebody's just kind of just like masturbating furiously in the crowd. If you want to do that, leave the room, go to another appropriate place. So it's just not...
1: Or be discreet uh, under a towel.
0: I mean, yeah, there's there's tons of that. I, I think it's just a matter of, like, common sense and also being mindful about your own space. But I think you can say that about any behavior, you know. You need to kind of be aware about what's going on around you and, like, read the row.
1: Fatima, one of the coolest uh, uh, workshops I've, uh, I've seen happen at Oasis some time ago in that room is it the ballroom where you do art and so on i saw naked art the other night which was great
0: yeah Gard, yep.
1: but this one was showing uh, women how to squirt and it was an instructor who was very effective and uh, he would do it oftentimes it was a couple that came in oftentimes not just couples sometimes it was solo women but a male female couple would come in and, uh, they were both interested in her ability to maybe squirt and maybe she hadn't done it before and can I and there's an instructor as it were an expert who either taught uh the partner the male partner how to do it or there was consent about him actually showing him physically how to do it and it was very effective and there were a lot of people watching and it was a real victory when it
0: yeah (laughs) but it usually yes it is (laughs) and actually it's funny sometimes when we've had these like squirt shows like we used to have this one couple perform, um, this is like before the pandemic, and they were just really known for their very theatrical, like, it's called spectator sex, these very theatrical spectator sex shows. And then we'd have like the tape on the floor outside, like around the the stage. That's like the splash zone, right? So if, if you don't want to get splashed, <laughs> don't. i like to book educators to talk about like different things like that, like squirting or how to give great head. Then We had a breathwork for sex.
1: There's an ancient Indian practice that dates back more than 5,000 years. In Sanskrit, the word tantra means woven together. And people who practice Buddhism and and Hindu meditation also practice tantric sex as a way to weave the physical and the spiritual. It's not just about sexual pleasure. It's more about celebrating your body and feeling sensual.
0: And connecting Uh, intimately in a way that's holistic, you know?
1: Fantastic. And you do something called A Tantra tease. Tell us about that.
0: Tantra teaser, yeah. Yeah. So actually, it's funny how that event kind of evolved. So uh, we came up with this theme during the pandemic. Um, We have an online platform that was developed during that time. So what we were doing when the club was closed is we were doing like online events. And we still do online events. Um, I actually do a a weekly Thursday online event from home. Uh, So with this event, I'm not a Tantra instructor. But we couldn't find anybody and we couldn't find anybody that we could have for free because at that time, like the club wasn't making any money. So we had to like really, really trim down our expenses. So what I did is I created like a guided arousal. I I would talk about, you know, um, sort of like the basics of Tantra. I would have a little quiz about it and give away a prize. And then I would do a guided arousal like on stage for like the audience. But then I was connected with this couple, Devi and Prem, who are actual Tantra instructors and they lived in India and they're from India and they offer this actually at different spaces and they do a lot of work with Bear Oaks like the nudist camp except when they do it there it's not sexual so they take elements of Tantra that just don't make it as sexual as they make it in the club. So once they came in and started doing that event they elevated that event to a completely whole new level. They brought in all these beautiful Himalayan sea salt in like different corners of the room. They bring in like Things like feathers, fruits, um, special lighting, music, and they just did such an incredible job. So now there are regular uh, Tantra in- presenters, but they do such a beautiful presentation and it's so sensual and slow and sexy to watch. They're guided through like breath work, touching each other, touching each other with the feathers, connecting the breath, and then it then it like gets more intimate and more explicit. And then at the end of the event, like almost every single time, everybody in the room is just like having some kind of sex with the person that they are connecting with. So they're not it's not necessarily like an orgy style, but it's like everybody's just connecting with each other in this room. And it's just like so cool and like so electric. And I just I love this couple who does this presentation like they just brought so much life to that
1: expectations uh, are are really important in anything. What am I getting myself into? What can I expect so that I'm not going somewhere and disappointed? What I can say as a customer of many occasions is that some nights you walk in, then it does feel like you're at an orgy, and that's wonderful. Some nights you go in and it's very quiet. You don't know what you're going to get, although you do know what you're going to get if it's a DTF night and it gets busy. <laughs> And it's got to be fun.
0: Bukaki.
1: <laughs> at, at, at a Bukkake. And a Bukkake night. I mean, yeah, there are busier nights than others. But the thing is to be chill and to experience different nights and go and get a feel for it and not have massive expectations of anyone, including the club or yourself. Go and feel it out and, and get a sense of it and see if it's good for you. I can tell you it's good for me. There's one thing I want to cover here. I'm going in and I paid my money and... Uh, how, how, how come how come no one's invited me into this scene and yeah. and and i don't want to leave here you know empty-handed as it were or or completely fully handed and, and have to go home
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but 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 again you're not it's not you're not paying to have sex you're paying to be in an environment with like-minded people who are cool and chill and things may happen things may not Tell us a bit about expectations. Yeah,
0: for sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that's a really good point. You're not paying to have sex. Um, if you want to pay to have sex, hire a sex worker. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with that. Um, but Oasis Op is a venue that allows sexual activity between consenting adults, 19 plus, with the addition of event programming, with the addition of an outdoor heated pool, a spa, a hot tub, dry sauna. Um, so it's a venue. It's not our responsibility to make sure you get laid. That's on you. There's ways where you can really assimilate into the environment and like and become comfortable. Like we're never going to say you're going to be able to have sex there. Like that's just not something that we can promise and we want to promise and it's just not how the venue works. But I will say though that if you are willing to put yourself out there a little bit, talk to people, you know, like respectfully like you're just meeting somebody at a party you know, general socializing and you want to join and participate in our event programming, it will be so much easier for you to connect with people. And then that may lend itself to play. It's just kind of like going to a party. You know, if you go to a party, you don't know any at the party and just sit in the corner, you don't say anything to anybody. You're, it's all going to be fun and you're going to be mad. And, you know, but it, that's on you. You know, that's not on the venue. I'm pretty bad with expectations. Like I am somebody who sometimes has expectations in different situations. I always try to, like, remember that. Um, but I think it's a matter of like repositioning, like why you're there and also like why you wanted to be there. But I definitely, definitely recommend attend our event programming, participate, um, and go to the pool. Like that's where everybody meets each other. It doesn't even matter what type of season it is. I mean, there's always people in the pool,
1: you know, I always start in the pool. I love the pool.
0: It's a good size pool, but it's not an Olympic size pool. So if you're in the pool, you're around the circumference and like, you kind of like can't not help but talk to people because everyone's just there right another great place is a hot tub
1: um it, it goes back to the first thing i said when i was about to introduce you Fatima, that uh instead of focusing on an outcome make your priority to have more fun and, and you're really responsible for your own fun there's an environment provided for you but ways to have fun are talking smiling being cool being nice not being creepy yeah. uh, just 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 put yourself out there as you put it earlier
0: I also want to add to you that our aqua flirt hosts are, are really great for that. Like, um, usually they start around four. So the club is open at one. Um, they usually start around four. So you know, not always super busy at four o'clock in the afternoon, but you know, they're really great about, you know, just putting together some fun little icebreakers by the pool. Like we got a Jenga set, we've got a giant chess set, you know, and they're they're there to make people feel comfortable and to entertain them. So, you know, there's always gonna be people on on site that are like want you to have a good time you know and want you to feel comfortable in the space
1: thank you by the way the other thing is you know people think is it like the playboy club used to be am i walking in and i'm surrounded by you know um, girls right out of the pages of playboy and studly men and no it's normal people it's it's you and me it's like the real world this is no different only it's sexier and it's clothing optional there are people that uh, wear sexy clothes there are people that just wear a towel, and there are people that wander around with absolutely nothing on. All of the things you can expect in that regard happen. Uh, do what you want, and then maybe over time you'll become more comfortable and, and wear less clothing. But you know, there's lots of great sexy clothing that you can wear. So yes. get creative, have some fun.
0: We don't we don't offer robes there. We don't offer well. We sell flip flops, but I said you know if you want to sort of personalize your experience, like wear your favorite robe. You know what I mean? Like. Wear your sandals, like customize your experience so that, you know, you do feel more comfortable there. Like bring your favorite outfit. Bring toys. You can bring toys to the club. Just no glass, no glass items. Um, but because like with the glass and the water and stuff. We don't we don't have any glass in the club. Yeah, like you can totally make that experience your own. Embrace it. You can find us at Aquaflirts on Instagram. So that's the account where we share events that are happening that day. And then we have another account that I started called at Inside Oasis 231. And that is kind of like some behind-the-scenes stuff. And on Twitter, we are Oasis 231 Mutual. Yeah,
1: 231 Mutual Street, downtown Toronto. And follow the Blue Hotel podcast on Instagram. And there you'll find all of the Oasis-related Instagram accounts. Uh, again, Fatima, thanks so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much. Pleasure. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. Please
1: take a to the Blue. The Blue Hotel Podcast, just about every Thursday at midnight Eastern. Follow, listen, enjoy, rate, review, share, repeat. Till next time, I'm Jeff Woods.